When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo! Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop Chicago. Here in the West Loop of Chicago, I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. We'll be joined by the CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber from Guaranteed Rape Field. A little bit later, after this White Sox... Winner! Let's go. Four in a row. And a comeback victory against the damn Astros on top of it. Let's go, Herb. Feels good. I'm just laughing at this guy who's who's ready for some victory bumps. <laughs> I'm thinking about his cocaine. It's weird. Uh, I've never done it before. Um, yes. Hey, hey first, oh, time, first time for everything, Herb. There it is. Um, kids, don't do cocaine. It is good to win a game versus the Astros in the fashion that they did. I wish they would do it earlier in the game because, you know, Johnny Cueto, all that good stuff. I mean, you know, he still got the win because he was awesome tonight, but he would have saved us a couple years on our life because oh, we were cussing the White Sox out with the bad uh, at-bats they were having earlier in the game. But then they are like, you know what? God damn it. We had five singles, and all our hits are singles. Start hitting doubles. Right. <laughs> Andrew Vaughn's like, double. Aloy's like double. It's like, damn, runs? When we hit doubles? Let's just keep on doing that. Isn't that odd how that works? Man. Uh, Schultz is saying you won Twitter tonight, uh, saying do it for Johnny. I tweeted it out. Johnny Cueto is my favorite White Sox after yeah. today. That was the most boring 15 innings, or sorry, 15 frames of baseball I watched until the bottom of the eighth. Johnny Cueto went out there, did Johnny Cueto stuff, and the White Sox did exactly what they do for Johnny Cueto. Not give them any damn runs. They waited until the last final moment to give them some damn runs. And Edgar, you're right. We did predict them to lose. And hell, they were losing that game for the most of the game. For most of the game. And the only runs that did score are because the White Sox defense sucked in the first inning. Johnny Quaid was brilliant today. We underestimated. I greatly underestimated Johnny Cueto and what impact he would have on this team. Not only the pitching, but the leadership. The fire, as Vinny Duber wrote in his article the other day, and he tweeted out today that Andrew Vaughn said the difference of this week in versus Detroit Tigers instead of the lackluster play they played in Kansas City, he said it was Johnny Cueto. Johnny was right. We needed more fire, and they got more fire versus Detroit, apparently, and today. It was a little late, but better late than never. They got fire in that eighth inning to show up for Johnny Cueto. And Johnny Cueto, when he left the game in the eighth inning with that loud roar, yeah, let's go. He was into it. And I'm sure that hyped up his team. Eventually, after two outs in the eighth inning, the White Sox got to um, Quiddy and then the reliever Montero and got some runs in. So, yeah, Johnny Cueto is the big difference in this White Sox team. He brings a different energy to this table. 
than any other pitcher, any other player in the game. Not maybe not even uh, Cease because he's just dominant, right? But Cueto, the leadership off the field too. People want to follow him. People want to listen to what he's got to say because I, man, I want to buy stock in Johnny Cueto. Imagine being a legend in four <laughs> different major league cities. Mm-hmm. A legend. Cincinnati people love him. San Francisco people love him. Kansas City people love him. And now White Sox fans love him for life. Build him a statue. I, hey, we, we said the bobblehead. We said bobblehead, I think, after game three. And we, we already have, there's a gif on Twitter already with us doing a little shimmy for the bobblehead that they can make. I mean, Johnny yeah. Cueto, yeah. Yeah, right now. Raise go, the banner. Put, put, put this on pause if you're listening on uh, if you're listening tomorrow on the podcast. And check on Twitter. Type in Johnny Cueto. You'll see Sean and I in this very Studio B doing a little shimmy shake. Courtesy of our guy, Alex Root, who made that gif. Here's the thing. Third, no, 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 it's 12 numbers have been retired in White Sox history. We talked about this in the offseason. 13 should be Ozzie Guillen because, you know, number 13 and, you know, uh, you know, it'd be a nice little, you know, co, you know, come together right there. I think actually there's 11. I think Jose would be the 12th and then Ozzie would be the 13th. I'm now petitioning for the 12th one just to be 47. Yeah. Put Johnny Cueto up in the, the rafters. This 2022 season has been ridiculous. And I want to give all the credit to one man and one man only, and that's Johnny fucking Cueto. I saw Bennett Carroll, our guy, he's been hanging out in some of the pregame shows um, recently, say, is that Rick Hahn's best free agent acquisition? Hell no, because he went out and signed Vince Velasquez first. He went Mm -hmm. out for $3.1 million and went out and signed Vince Velasquez. And I know it was for different jobs. That was supposed to be the swing man. Johnny's a starter. But that man was out there. That man was out there for anybody. The Giants could have had him, you know, the Kansas City could have had him just to eat up some innings, you know, uh, Nationals could have had him and flipped him at the deadline. No, Lance Lynn goes down, White Sox, in a desperation move, go up and pick Johnny Cueto up. Johnny Cueto was just slept on. Johnny Cueto was a bargain bin value fine. The White Sox got lucky to find him. They got lucky he was still available, and they've gotten lucky that he's been this healthy because Johnny Cueto still proven that if he's healthy, He's got the wherewithal. He's got the, the ability to control it. He's got the ability to fool people. He's got everything, man. And we saw in the first inning, you know, he gave up the early hit, and then he induces the ground ball that would have started at the 4-6-3 double play. He has that all to his game. But, you know, Josh Harrison uh, fumbled that ball and made an air right there. And then later in the game, he had another situation where his runners on first and second, one out. He induces a 5-3 double play. He understands the game. He understands what this hitter's trying to do to his pitches and what would be the best pitch to get this guy to roll over and get the double play so he can get out of that inning. It's just a phenomenal job by him. And, yes, I'll give Rick Hahn credit because I'll shit on him for all the ones that he didn't do. Yes, you might have got lucky with this one, but, damn it, you got the guy that you need to get. And Johnny Cueto has been our second best pitcher. And as Vinny Duber, who will join us a little bit later, told us the other day up in San Francisco, he had a relationship with our current pitching cat uh, coach, Ethan Katz. So that might've also had the relationship previously established. And so he's like, you know what? I would choose the White Sox because I already know the pitching coach out there. A lot of guys that I might know too. And it's a good place that I will get some starts out there. And so, I remember, I remember those games, the shows we did in April and May. I was like, Johnny Cueto, come on, man. What, right. what are we trying to do? This is not, <laughs> was it 2006? He almost saved the what rotation. Is this, 2016? We're in, are we in Cincinnati? Are we in Kansas City? I was like, this is some trash. Rick Hahn is garbage. Hey, man, 
You got that one right, Rick. It fell, it fell right into his lap. I mean, this guy's been nothing but joy to watch. And uh, another game, too, second in August, where he's gone complete game. Uh, well, not basically a complete game. I mean, it, it should have been a complete game. When you when he left that game in the eighth inning, that felt, all right, game's over. Johnny Cueto just saved the bullpen again. That's again. The, the worst thing that happens. You know, White Sox lose 2 nothing because in the first inning, they can't field. Let Bregman on. Uh, you know, let let Dubon on. I know that one was a hit. Uh, let uh, Diaz on, right? And then they end up scoring two runs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like in that moment, I mean, you mentioned it, like he's just so efficient. I mean, 106 pitches in that game against um, uh, the Rangers back in August. August uh, 4th or whatever, um, he goes out and throws 106 pitches. And then Johnny Cueto, under 100 pitches in these eight innings. I mean, just efficiency. Guy knows what he's doing out there. And if he wasn't out there doing what he knows how to do, the White Sox don't even have a chance in this game. And we keep talking about the White Sox needing to show up and the lack of run support. Hey, nine games Johnny Cueto has started or pitched in where he's gotten three runs or less in support. And I'm pretty sure he's lost all nine of those games. Look at the number on that bottom of the screen. Four. Three would have done it. Three would have won the game for him. But he got four runs of support. He wins the game. That is not a coincidence. This guy is just a professional. That is the only word that I think that he deserves because this guy has just been, he's done everything. He's just been he's so efficient and so effective. It's been brilliant. And it took the White Sox their last at-bats to get it done and literally Ugh. their last out in the game to get it done. But they got it done. Infield single by A.J. Pollock. Bloop double by Andrew Vaughn. Then you get the double by Aloy Jimenez. Walking Jose Abreu with the base open. And then Yasmani gets uh, on. Did he get on? Yeah. yeah Yasmani got well, on and walked and loaded the bases. Yeah. And then, of course, my mans. Let's go at bat at, at, at bat because I see Steven loading that in right now. Um, I do see that someone mentioned a Sox game, a game and a half. So, yes, they do. The Twins do as well. Guardians and Tigers split their double header today. So, the Guardians fall to 62 and 54. Four. They are two games ahead of the Twins, who beat the Royals today. They improved to 59 and 55. They're two games back of the Guardians. And the White Sox, 60 and 56, two games back of the Guardians, tied with the Twins for second place. They have won four straight. And I see all these people saying, hey, they won the first game of the series. They won the first game of the series. They just swept the Tigers. They had to win the first game of the series to sweep the Tigers. Come on, baby. That's two in a row. Yeah. This is a sign of life we've been looking for. You've been looking for the White Sox to turn around the season. They've won two. Opening games of a series. Is that not is that not enough for you guys? No, it's we need more. Oh, okay. Um but <laughs> they've gained a half game. I think you said a game and a half. They only gained a oh, half, half game on the yeah, Cleveland Guardians and have went from two and a half to two. Stayed with the uh, the Twins. All I want out of this series, and I might be looking low because it's the Astros. I only want is a split. One more game out of the three. Now they win tomorrow. I'm getting greedy. I'm I want all of them. I want every single one of them after that. If you handle Verlander again. Yes. Oh, boy. So that's what the White Sox need to do. Just stay afloat. Don't get dogged out. And it looked like at the beginning of this game, the White Sox were going to get dogged out by the Astros, outclassed by the Astros as they're making errors on the defensive side and the Astros were taking advantage of it. But then, you know, the brilliance of Johnny Cueto keeping the Astros at bay. And I love that Tuve came in the game in the ninth inning. Fuck off, Tuve. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy that loss. Hey, and they're, Sit on it. They're booing Bregman, too. I mean, they, they, if White Sox fans came out in droves to tell them they don't like uh, the Astros out there. All right, let's go to the eighth inning. Um, because you're right. They waited to the last damn second. Two outs in the eighth inning, and here comes A.J. Pollock. 
And Herb's talking about it. Herb's shit talking this team, saying, headed into the eighth inning, five hits, five singles. What starts the rally, Herb? Literally, I was <laughs> looking up a, a cameo song called Single Life, and I was going to tweet it. I was like, the Sox are living the single life. And what starts it is a garbage, soft hit by A.J. Pollock. Hey, tomorrow on the box score, it's going to look like a line shot. Exactly. Well, let's go to the line shot right here. Cameo did uh, Neck, didn't they? Neck? Uh, isn't that song that LSU plays like... Uh, I don't know. Mm. Talking out the side of your neck. Maybe. That's okay. a yeah, old yeah cameo song in right. the 70s. Yeah, they also did like a... Candy? Candy? It's like candy, candy. I don't know that one. I can feel it when you walk. <laughs> Even when you talk, it takes over it's a me. Cameo night, Nothing? baby. No, I don't know that okay. one. I'm sorry. Hey, it sounds good. I'll listen to Cameo in the car. Uh, back let's and go forth. To, I don't know. Back and forth. I, I told I, I I named the one Cameo song I knew, and it's because uh, LSU plays it. Uh, let's go to the AJ Pollock at bat here and stop naming Cameo songs because I can't go deep with her. <laughs> um, so Irakiti's in the game still. Which is interesting. Alex Rude ends up texting me, our guy, uh, season ticket holder in the 108, texts me and says, hey, is anyone warming up for the Astros? Like, because I don't th I think their view of the right field it's bullpen's too close. Clock. Yeah, he's in 108. Yeah, he can't see it. And Irikiti, um, through three times of the lineup, is notably bad. Like, that's when he gets really shaky. And you see him out there, like, he's mainly fastball and slider. And his slider worked very, very well tonight. We'll talk about that a little bit later. His curveball was all right. His forcing fastball, the White Sox were just missing everything that was up at the top of the zone. But Urquidy's up. Pollock takes a curveball. And then there's a slider low and away. Oh, no. And you see it right there. The exit velocity of 32 miles per hour. Launch angle right in the fucking dirt. But it's a slow dribbler. Bregman tries to make a play. Tries to barehand it. Not able to get there, and there's, um, you know, his ability to get on first base, and, and boom. And White Sox Tom's talking about Pollock's not hustling around third base with two outs. White Sox Tom, relax. We're getting there. They won. Um, let's go to Andrew Vaughn, who comes up next after A.J. Pollock. He's batting second today. Uh, they take out Irakiti. They go to Rafael Montero. Big mistake, Dusty, because he's just going forcing fastball, forcing fastball, forcing fastball. And as you see on the screen, trying to pitch away from Andrew Vaughn, trying to pitch up to Andrew Vaughn. It just wasn't working. And he keeps going away, away, away. And what did I say about Gavin Sheets uh, in that Kansas City uh, series? They kept pitching him away. They kept pitching yeah. him away. They kept pitching him away. And he hits a little dinker. And it, you know, it gets the job done. Well... You know, Andrew Vaughn hits a double. Um, it wasn't a line shot by any means. Uh, 80 miles per hour off the bat, but it had enough on it. Got past Kyle Tucker and took a weird bounce as well, yeah. which I questioned Pollock not scoring. I, I was like, oh, I thought Pollock should have scored. I thought they should have they held him up. Vaughn gets into second base. The throw went to second base. Pollock holds up at third. Runners on first uh, on second and third, two to nothing, two outs, Aloy comes up. And I don't understand why the Astros, and especially the catcher behind the plate, Martin Maldonado, had seen Andrew Vaughn swing at a lot of high pitches outside the zone. Two times in this game, I believe he struck out of pitches way outside the zone, a high slider and a high fastball. So when you have this new pitcher in Montero coming in there, you say this guy's already struggling with high fastballs. And Montero's throwing 97-98, uh, really fast uh, fastballs with a little tail. Get the ball out of the zone. But luckily for us, he didn't get the ball out of the zone and throw the ball high where it would have struck out Andrew Vaughn. He left it a little bit inside the plate, and Andrew Vaughn took that ball to right field. As for that play, yes, I would have wanted Joe to send the guy, but also 
you don't want to have another guy caught at home right. by Joe McEwing. He's probably a little gun-shy there, and then he's thinking, okay, we have Aloy Jimenez coming up next. No need to push it right here. We have a good hitter up, and if uh, if I push it here and he gets out, the risk is not worth the reward. Well, and I joked, you know, uh, Aloy Jimenez, uh, after the All-Star break, second-best hitter in the major league by batting average, but he comes up with a, a, another big hit. And the thing, too, is, like, again, if A.J. Pollock gets out, at that in that moment, that threat ended. Yeah, right. You, I have no problem in this moment, especially now with the result being good. Yeah. Um, but looking back at it, I mean, it's it's second and third. You need the run from second more than you do from third. Yep. Like I, I know that obviously is gonna make it two to one, but you know that that was the game tying run at second base. That's more important there. I don't mind the quote unquote lack of hustle from Pollock. I think he just wanted to make sure he wasn't hurting the White Sox chances to keep it alive. And we saw the fire. Uh, I, I, I think that that was probably a good thing right there. You, you see the fire. Andrew Vaughn mentioned seeing the fire on Sunday. He gets that hit, keeps everybody alive. Everybody's fired up. And then Aloy comes up. Let's look at the Aloy at bat here. He sees three pitches. He sees a sinker. He sees a sinker. He sees a sinker like Herb's throwing, uh, saying uh, Montero was just overthrowing, overthrowing, overthrowing. Um, but even then, it's not like Aloy was taking great hacks. Swing and miss, swing and miss. And then he leaves one out over the plate um, or inside again to uh, Aloy. Aloy rips it down the third baseline, pass a diving Bregman, and then Pollock's able to jog home. Andrew Vaughn's able to score. So then it's 2-2, but they're not done yet, folks. Then Jose Abreu comes up. Um, they end up pitch hitting or pitch running angle for Jimenez. So he's on second base. Uh, Montero throws two balls to Abreu and is like, ah, I'm not messing with this guy. Yeah. So then Dusty intentionally walks him. Then Grandal comes up, which I thought was smart from Dusty. Yep. I thought that was a smart move. Jose's obviously going to hurt you. Yasmani's not doing anything, and I'm getting laughed at in the pregame for picking Yasmani to be my click-to-pick. Yeah, and Yasmani has been hitting a little bit better since mm -hmm. he's come back, since a little bit uh, we've made fun of him last week. He's been hitting a little bit better, especially in Kansas City. He was uh, driving the ball a little bit. And so I wasn't too mad at you for picking Yasmani Grandal as her click-to-pick. But... You see, this is why we love Yasmani, because he gets on base. Right. He can't get Montero, on base. firstly, Montero helped him because he was not seeing any parts of the play except for one pitch. Otherwise, Yasmani's like, I'm not swinging at this trash. The 3-1 pitch was in the right-handed batter's box, so there was no need to swing. So Yasmani's pretty much uh, walks on six pitches there. And gets the job. Was it six or five pitches? It was six pitches. And Montero, who's overthrowing the fastball, overthrowing the fastball, can't find the zone with his 96-mile-per-hour fastball, throws six change-ups that come in at 91 and 92 miles per hour. And all Yasmani does is basically, you know, look at all of them. There's there's nothing that is really in the zone. There's one that's truly in the zone. It's the fifth pitch. But even the one that he took, the second pitches, it was called to strike, but it was off the plate. Yep. Um, so Yasmani really was just waiting for Montero to throw him a fastball, never got it, and Montero couldn't even locate this bad changeup. So uh, Yasmani just went up there, and Montero crumbled. I yeah. mean, that's that's a pitcher crumbling in the moment. And I want to correct the the texter or the uh the guy who wrote a comment that Cascade, the White Sox are 4-0 after Cascade's three performance. Yeah. They're 3-0. Yeah. Cascade performed after the Friday night victory. But still. But, but the the crowd probably knew that Cascade was going to be there, so they're like, let's win. And the White Sox like, hey, we got to win. Can't embarrass ourselves in front of Cascade. Well, and who drove in the run on, on Friday? Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn drove in the game-winning run. Huge Cascade fan and also huge fan of fire. 
and um, a huge so, fan of terrible music too. Yes, um, as you see, but his call up is uh, walk up music too. <laughs> we got a uh, super chat from our guy Schwo. Saying White Sox have officially changed their relationship status from singles to it's complicated. Are we headed towards real commitment and the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, I think that I'm very excited and happy the White Sox won. I'm very excited that the White Sox, for the first time this year, are four games over 500. Uh, but Schwo, I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is what you're you're looking for. I don't know if this is what we've been looking for. I'm still very, 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 very hesitant to say this is the White Sox sign of life because I still have the feeling in me that they can lose the next three games of this series and be only one game above 500. Because again, they're still not killing the ball. Nope. I mean, the, the, the Andrew Vaughn double wasn't really killed. The Aloy one was ripped Murder. down the line. Absolutely murdered. Yeah, but, and, and the Yohan one, we'll talk about a little later, smacked as well. But I don't know. They only scored four runs today. I don't know if the offense is back. No home runs as well. I think that it's good to win, and it feels good all of oh, us right great. now, especially versus the Astros, especially since we pick up a half game on the Cleveland Guardians. But think about that whole scenario in the eighth inning. I know that they got the job done. But we're fingertips away from Bregman grabbing that ball, throwing out uh, A.J. Pollock, and it's still being 2 nothing. And we're out here like, what the fuck? The White Sox just suck. They went down so quietly in that eighth inning. You know, luckily that didn't happen. So I will say great to win, but nowhere near back. Four wins is awesome. Whoever you get them against. I don't care if it's the Tigers and you get a subsequent win versus the Royals. But winning versus the Astros is always a plus. Let's get one tomorrow. Let's right. get one the next day and the day after. Then I'll say we might be back. If they sweep the Astros, I'll say we're 100% back. That's a seven-game winning streak. Well, and I was wrong, too. This is the second time they were four games over uh, 500. They were 6-2 and two at one point, which is right, because they ended up going they going two, uh, They went 2-3, and three, I think, in the first uh, two series. First um, three series. First three series, right. So they ended up putting them at 6-2. and two. Um, So thank you guys for that. Second time. Uh, and no one corrected me on Twitter, I think. So the second time at their four games over oh, 500. But it's been that, since April. You haven't checked. It's been four months. You haven't since checked it lately. Happened. Oh, really? If you, I, I'm Am I sure. torched? No, I'm saying oh. Twitter will correct you in a second. All right. Well, you fuck uh, up. John has a serious question. Which is right. You should. Which is sticking out to me. He says, I'm a Cubs fan, but that game was so much fun to watch. I had to hop in. Is the AL as wide open as it seems for anyone to take? No. I would say no. No, John. Yeah, I would say no, John. Um, you know, the the Astros lost today, but they didn't have Jeremy Pena in. They didn't have uh, Jose Altuve in, and they still have Trey Mancini as their seventh hitter. And that's their fourth best pitcher today. Yeah. Jose Iraquiti, and he's going seven innings and going, you know, shutout ball against the White Sox. I really don't think the AL is wide open. I think the Yankees are having a bad month for the first time all year, mm -hmm. um, and they'll get healthier with Stanton. So I really do think that this is an Astros and Yankees race. I think the White Sox can insert their name if they start hitting home runs. But if they don't do that, I don't think they're going to insert themselves, and I think it's really just a, a Yankees-Astros race. And there was a tweet out earlier. I think it was Bob Nightingale, and yes, Bob Nightingale. But I retweeted, it's like, the teams that have played the best since the All-Star break in the American League are the three teams that the White Sox will play series against coming up. Right now, the Astros. Coming up, we play the Guardians, who I think are the best team since the All-Star break. Uh-oh. Opa. Sean dropped his uh, laptop. It's still working a little bit. Oh, it's still working. And the third team that we'll play in a series is the Baltimore Orioles. Only in the middle of that, we'll have one game in Kansas City. 
So this is the put up or shut up time for the White Sox, especially versus really good teams, teams that are playing really good baseball as of current. So to beat the Astros right now, it feels really good. And you, you think that the Astros are not as good because, you know, you didn't see much from them today. You know, their equity is not that great. And the lineup didn't do much. And as Sean said, they didn't have a couple of their big time hitters in the game. And the guy that I will miss the most, but won't because he would play the versus the White Sox. Michael Brantley is out for the year with a shoulder problem. Thank Jesus. Not for him. I love the guy, but I will never want him to play against the White Sox again. I want him to be signed by the White Sox for two reasons. So he never has to play the versus them again. And then secondly, so he can hit a lot of home runs and he's, doubles. He's really damn good. And it'll solve our left-handed power right. thing <laughs> for a little bit. Well, he doesn't hit it that much, but he'll hit like 20 home runs with the White Sox. And looking back to last year, too. I mean, in July, the White Sox took two of three from the, the Astros in Chicago. Yep. And then you saw what happened in the playoffs. The White Sox were unable to hit home runs. It, it, that, that's still their issue this year. So nothing's changed unless they start hitting home runs. I, I really don't think that uh, things are going to turn around for the Sox to compete <laughs> for the AL. But, you know, that's that's not why we're here. We're, as long as the White Sox are winning, we are happy. I forgot that Michael Brantley kind of signed with the Blue Jays really quickly. He did? Yeah, and then it, like, got, like, voided or didn't really happen. It was like, and then he re-signed with the Astros that same year. It was a free agent. I don't remember that. And then did they end up going after Springer? And eventually they got Springer. I think either Springer was already there or they're trying to get Michael Brantley. I don't remember the exact details, but I was like, oh, they got Michael Brantley too up in Toronto? And then it didn't happen and he re-signed with the Astros. I don't know. Uh, we, we got off track anyway. Let's fine. go back to the eighth inning. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Asmani Grandal takes some shit-ass change-ups from Montero. Um, six straight change-ups that really never found the zone. And then up comes our guy. Yohan Moncada. So, Yohan Moncada. Been struggling. Fifth best baseball, or fifth best, best third baseman in baseball, according to her. He's not the fifth best, but he should be a top five. Okay, top top ten right now. Yes, last year was a top seven. <laughs> and Yohan's been struggling. Yohan, I mean, struggling to pick the right shoes on Sunday, wearing the pink with the 83s, which is just a awful tough look. look. And, the, and the red blouse socks, too. It's into the pink. It's like, ugh. Who dressed you? Seriously. And and here comes Yohan. Coming to the plate. 0 for 3. With a strikeout. And he sees the first pitch. And Yo knows clutch, baby. He comes up with a, just a beautiful single right up the middle. I'm not usually happy about singles. But that's a fastball right over the middle of the plate. That drives the two game-winning, or two game-winning runs in. For Adam Engel and Jose Abreu. Just beautiful. I hate the White Sox. This series season has just been awful to go through. But night right now sitting here talking to you about a 60 and 56 White Sox team. I'm excited. You can see the juxtaposition of how that inning started with a expected batting average below 200 on the Pollock hit. On a 32 mile per hour. Excellent philosophy. And that one was the expected batting average of 890. Those are what you need. That's what you need. If you're going to hit a single, hit an 890 expected batting average one because it was a rocket shot on in the air, line shot, instead of a ball that's on the ground that can be easily picked up. So, yeah, Yoan Moncada saw the right pitch. And earlier in the game, he saw it 
pretty much a similar pitch, which he got out on on the first pitch. And I was like, God, take a pitch or two, Yohan. And now, you know, you see the eighth inning. He's like, damn right, Yohan. Yohan Moncada's <laughs> my man. What a smart-ass baseball play right there. Well, just You could just see the dumb, like, how di- things change. Like, oh, man, Yo should be looking at a couple pitches. And then, like, man. I love how he attacked that first pitch. <laughs> well, and w- what I said before we started, like it's either Yuan swinging at the first pitch or it's an eight pitch at bat where he's en- he ends up, you know, getting caught looking on a, on a strike. Like he's very, very selective. And I'm glad he was selective in that one. Uh, a great moment for the White Sox, a great game. And uh, we'll talk more about it with Vinny Duber, who's out at guaranteed rate field, but let's pay some bills first. The best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. PointsBet is con- is counting down the days until football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet's Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sign up for PointsBet now using the code CHGO to get risk-free bets, two risk-free bets, up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. Download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Again, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time until September 8th. So don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I am very excited to tell you about. Justin Fields is excited to tell you about. Owen. It stands for only what you need. It's 100% plant-based. uh, plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They're allergen friendly. There's no gluten or dairy and they're easily digestible. If you just went up against the AL team with the best record, you just threw eight innings and your team didn't give you any run support. How are you going to refuel? You're going to refuel with Owen, right? It's only what you need. hundred percent plant both plant-based protein shake. It tastes good. We love the chocolate flavor. We love vanilla flavor. We love the salted caramel flavor. We love the strawberry banana flavor. So refuel with very, 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 very high quality fuel in Owen. I first heard about it from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet, and you can start incorporating a plant-based diet or parts of a plant-based diet into your life with Owen. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. And with code CHGO20, you can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen. It's only what you need and it's now time to go out to guaranteed rate field and talk to Vinny Duber the CHGO White Sox beat writer you can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber Vinny who'd you talk to after the game I'm talking to you guys after the game Ah. hey (laughs) so let's take you to the eighth inning there's two outs in the bottom of the eighth AJ Pollock's up it's a two nothing game the Astros are leading what are you thinking I'm thinking that uh, Jose Urquidy is going to do what Johnny Cueto just did and throw uh, eight pretty much perfect innings. Uh, That's what he'd been doing against the White Sox. And then uh, Dusty Baker made a pitching change, and it did not go very well. So uh, 
the White Sox can can thank uh, perhaps Dusty for for doing that um, and and getting rid of the guy who had dominated them for so long. Uh, certainly a very fun game to watch if you like pitching. Um, maybe not so much if you like offense. But then uh, hey, the White Sox did something that they have not done very often this year and and made that comeback late. Uh, took advantage of Urquidy being out of the game and uh, they showed what Johnny Cueto's been calling for a little bit of that fire. He was uh, he was uh, right on the money with uh, what he was. Calling calling for and he said he got it tonight well he was fired up after the eighth inning um yeah I want to know more about the fire because now the White Sox are on a four-game winning streak Andrew Vaughn talks about the fire on Sunday you say Johnny Cueto's mentioning it today I mean it seems like the White Sox played with fire in that eighth inning and the ninth inning for sure yeah, I mean, I think it depends on who you ask. It's it's a spectrum, right? I think there's a lot of people who who would think, and and Aloy said, Aloy Jimenez said this tonight. This is kind of what the White Sox have known. They've been capable of doing all year long. They've been coming to every game the same way, and it was bound something like this was bound to happen. Uh, but yeah, but then you had Andrew Vaughn last night saying, you know, that Johnny Cueto called for that fire, and they showed it to him uh, over the weekend when they when they beat the Tigers. That's all well and good when you beat the Tigers, but this is the Astros, and they're uh, they're a little bit different than those Detroit Tigers. Um, but man, they they did again what they haven't done very often tonight, and they 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 fought back late. They uh, they have you know they've done that a little. It's not like they haven't done it at all this season. But um, I think White Sox fans have been waiting for a game like tonight. Uh, of course, we're uh, very experienced right now in watching this team, and we know that we're not going to call this a, a turning point or a momentum changer uh, until we see uh, the the results of all of that. But certainly, the way they did it, all with two outs uh, in that eighth inning, uh, it's not easy to do. And they did it, and they succeeded, and their their talent came through tonight. What did you see? Uh, from a guy in Yasmani Grandal, right, who can't, uh, you know, who hasn't been able to really hit for very much power or very much anything this year. What did he do? He flashed the skills that he was brought here to do and got on base with a big walk. Um, it's it's exactly what the White Sox needed was a game like this uh, against a really good team. Uh, remember, this they've they've got some history. This this bunch uh, and the right. Houston Astros. I don't know if the Astros would think that way, but certainly the White Sox would after the way they treated them last year, uh, both during the regular season and in the playoffs. So um, uh, quite quite the appetizer tonight to the big uh, Cy Young matchup tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening. Right. Before we get to the Cy Young matchup, uh, I, I just want to stay on Cueto. Um, our guy, uh, Kevin Bryant, ended up coming with a super chat, and we haven't gotten it to it just yet, so I just want to acknowledge his super chat. Thank you very much, uh, Kevin, for the super chat. Um, his question, and I'll ask it to you, Vinny, and we can kind of just kick it around right now between us. Will Cueto be on the team next year, or he is is he this year's version of Carlos Rodon? Uh, what is the playoff lineup and who starts next year? So let's just take it with the Cueto question first. Cueto, signed for one year. He keeps pitching like this. I don't know if the White Sox can let him walk out the door, especially the way that, you know, he's been a leader in August. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think it has a lot to do with some of the other things that they might be chasing down. Uh, but obviously, you know, starting pitching um, is probably going to be on the to-do list unless they really, really like Davis Martin. Uh, you know, uh, it, they're going to have a hole in the rotation um, that'll need to be filled. Um Certainly they should consider Johnny Cueto because you're right. He, he seems to be um, not just delivering these amazing performances every five days, but, uh, but you know, striking a chord with some of the guys in the clubhouse as well. Um, at least being the guy that is talking about it. You know, we, we, we always need to remember we're not in there when the door is closed. You know, we don't know exactly what, who's saying what to each other and stuff like that. Heck, uh, Yoan Moncada, uh, responding to a question I asked about Johnny's comments from last week, said it was the first time he had heard of him. Um, you know, that he that he had no comment because he hadn't 
heard of them until now. Um, so who knows? Maybe the maybe the comments are, are not, uh, you know, flying the way that we would imagine them to uh, to, to go. But uh, certainly in his comments, both last week, tonight, uh, he's been a guy who's been talking about what this team needs to do. Last week, he talked about having fire. This week, he talked about bringing the same sort of excitement to every single game they play because every game's a playoff game. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has quite phrased it that way, though certainly they recognize the importance of everything going forward given where they are in the standings. But he said, you got to ignore the standings and you've got to just play to win because they need every single win right now. Uh, and that's true. Uh, and that, listen, I don't know if I would be somebody who uh, would talk or, you know, get quite as um, emotional or passionate about a lot of fans the way they've talked about a quote unquote lack of urgency, a supposed lack of urgency that they've seen from a team that struggled to get wins. Um, Johnny Cueto's talking with some urgency. Uh, you know what I mean? Whether he's one of 27 guys in the, or 26 guys in that clubhouse who feel it, or he's one of not as many, uh, he's the one talking about it. And so that's something uh, that you can't discount, especially as you move forward into a season next year where you think you're going to be far more likely to compete for a championship, you know, because you can't expect this to happen again. So um, I think playoff rotation, we've talked about it. I think he's definitely got one of those top two spots with just how incredibly consistent and dependable he's been. Uh, if we're if you're looking ahead to next year, I don't know. It's hard to say. He's a veteran who's going to get a, a lot more money than he did on the minor league deal that he signed uh, to come to the White Sox this season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. How'd you feel the atmosphere was today, Vinny, for a regular season August game? It was good. Uh, it was Monday. Um, and, you know, I think... Uh, a Southside uh, Monday. It was Southside. <laughs> Southside, it's two words, guys. Uh, I don't care what the jerseys say. Southside is two words. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was Monday. It was, it was announced attendance of less than 20,000 people. It looked like a Monday crowd from, from my vantage point in the press box. But I will say that the folks who were in attendance were fired up, certainly late in the game when uh, when the run started being scored. But, I mean, all night for Johnny Cueto. They recognized exactly what he was doing. He got a standing O after he came off there in the eighth inning. Um, you know, these, these, these fans were into the game, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, you would think perhaps, uh, you know, if it wasn't for this day of the week, uh, that Sox-Astros would be a far bigger draw uh, than, than it was tonight. And staying on Cueto, did anybody ask him, like, do you guys wonder how he keeps on doing this? Because I do it every single damn game. Like, how is he one of the best pitchers in the American League right now? And I'm not saying that flippantly. He is one of the best pitchers in the American League at his, at his advanced age, getting a minor league contract during the season to sign, and the man is the second best pitcher on the White Sox. It's just amazing how he's just doing this with guts and guile. Yeah. I mean, every time you ask him that, he, he makes it pretty simple. He's just out there doing his job. And certainly this is a guy who knows how to do his job. You know, he's been doing it long enough. I think people talk about the evolution, you know, kind of a guy who started off as a fireballer and, you know, a guy who looks like some of the other guys on this White Sox team, be it Dylan Cease or Michael Kopech or, or Lucas Giolito. When he was their age, he was doing a lot of what they were doing. And he's had to learn to be different, to evolve as, as time has gone on. And he's done it successfully. There's a guy that's going to be on the mound tomorrow who's 39 years old. Um, and Justin Verlander, uh, he's another one, obviously, who, who is mystifying people that somebody of that uh, age can be one of the most effective pitchers in baseball. It's just about knowing what to do. And, you know, sometimes guys don't know what to do. They're throwers instead of pitchers, right? And they, they, their, their body runs out on them. They can't throw as hard as they used to, and that's it. 
these guys have learned to evolve to how to get guys out, even if they're not going to be the same physical specimen they were 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and, and Johnny Cueto is still running around in the uh, upper deck of stadium, so we know he's keeping fit. <laughs> is Raylo joining him? That's the important thing. Raylo's got to be with him. I don't think he's with him on these. He's probably <laughs> running on his own because that's what he's attributed to uh, to the uptick in velocity for him a little bit. But uh, I don't think anybody wants to be running stairs with Johnny Cueto. That looks like a uh, a, a solo job for amongst White Sox players right now. And more ways he's uh, being a leader. And we got 230 people watching live. So thank you very much, everybody. And make sure you're hitting the like button while you are jumping in here. And hanging now, out now that we've got now that we've got so many people watching, I'll just I'll shout it out now. I was going to do it at some point while I was talking to you guys tonight. Yeah. I'm going to do a mailbag this week. Ooh. So if anybody listening or watching uh, has questions, throw them on Twitter, throw them in the Discord. I asked, I already asked folks in the Discord in the CHGO lounge. So head there if you're a member and 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 go ahead and tag me, and uh, I'll answer some of your socks questions. Otherwise, hit them up, hit me up on Twitter. Um, and, you know, uh, tag me uh, tag me in a tweet, and, and we'll get some questions answered later this week. Sweet. All right. And if you want to become a member, go to allchgo.com. Uh, you can sign up to become a member there. You get access to Vinny's writing and Vinny's article, like the mailbag that he's writing. And you get access to the CHGO Lounge, where you can ask Vinny the uh, mailbag questions. Uh, thank you for getting that plug in. Um, I know that there's a little bit of another article coming out based on something that happened at the park today. Um, Dylan Cease poet laureate um, <laughs> poem was released today. What'd you think of O Slider Slide? Well, so I, guys, I had, I had, I had the poem before anybody else. Oh, wow. And, I, and, and then the White, the White Sox beat me to it on Twitter uh, by just going up and snapping, snapping the picture of Dylan. But, uh, but yes, I was the, I was the first one outside the clubhouse to have access to the poem. And uh, it's quite, it's, hey, I can't write poetry. I don't right. think any of you two can write no. poetry. No offense, but uh, so yeah, give Dylan credit for uh, putting pen to paper because that's not a very easy thing to do. Uh, and uh, my personal favorite is the ending. I think the ending Ugh. is the uh, is the is the real the real prize in there. I think uh, the last <laughs> line is just is is it's really funny. It actually just made me laugh. So right, yeah. Herb didn't like it. I like that he went a a a a a a a a for fourteen lines, and then in the last one he went a b. Yeah, <laughs> just totally threw I, the time. I loved it. I loved it it was fun and it was you know it was a joke it was good I liked that I liked the ending a lot I thought the the one thing uh about uh him needing to be to get a bride I was like oh that one was a little you know really trying to to, to push it with the rhyme scheme there hey hey sometimes you know there hey we've listened to a lot of uh we've listened to a lot of poems that have been set to music and we could all come up with uh some eye roll worthy li- uh, rhymes from people who have been considered some of the best songwriters ever so uh you know i'm not going to i'm not going to uh say anything to dylan that i wouldn't say to you know eric clapton or somebody else and i was wondering like you guys don't get access until after the game until after the game tomorrow but uh does he say this poem to himself while pitching I don't believe so. Um, oh, slide or slide. I don't believe so. I, I, he would have had, he'd have to recalibrate his whole mechanics to, to get that in there, and I, that doesn't seem like something he would want to do at this point. So, um, remember, if you'll remember back to the very sexy mustache video, uh, mm-hmm. he he said that he came up with very this sexy mustache. 
said that he came up with it in the shower while listening to piano music. That's, <laughs> that's very, that's quite the wide range of music. I, you know, that's not very specific, but, uh, but there you go. Uh, you know, some inspiration. If anybody wants to try that, maybe you'll become a poet as well. I well, so here's the thing. He gave us the title. We've known the title for a long time here. I told Herb, I tried to like, even try to, you know, have a fake, uh, little, I try to write it myself. I yep. try to, you know, get into the mind of Dylan Cease. Couldn't do it. Um, and he gave me, you know, eight of the lines in this, in O-Slider slide. But, uh, you know, shout out to Dylan. I was impressed with it. Uh, before the game, though, I'm assuming you got an update on Luis Robert. We didn't see him in the game today. AJ Pollock uh, continuing to play center field. Do we have an update on Robert? Um, are we going to see Robert soon? What did Tony tell you? He was working out today. He, uh, they were going to see how he did in the workout and determine how, if he was going to be able to play tomorrow. So um, it's not much of an update, but that's what we got. Uh, he said, uh, did Tony LaRusa that it was going to depend more on how he felt while he was swinging? Was there any soreness while he was swinging the bat versus, you know, work him out today, see how he feels tomorrow? I'm sure that will be part of it, but I think they learned a lot today. And uh, we'll find out when the lineup gets posted tomorrow if, uh, if it was enough. Any worry that he might have to be on the I.L.? No, there wasn't, there wasn't as of this weekend. So um, I I don't think that there's going to be some sort of surprise IL thing unless he really hurt himself while just doing a regular workout today. And then before Herb jumps in, uh, what workout was he doing? Was it batting practice or was it calisthenics and just like field work? All all of it. it. He was doing a a pregame routine under the supervision of the, of the training staff. So some P90X. Good to hear. Um, <laughs> some Tybo. The, he was doing that thing from the fifties where you stand on the machine with the belt wrapped around your waist and, just, and it just shakes you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Johnny Cueto thing. I think that's where he got the shimmy. From. I'm kind of worried about Larry Garcia. Like all his at bats looked like he was in major pain. Salute. And I know that he's out there grinding it out. But did they speak about like, man, we might have to IL him because he was good with the defense, but his bat. It just looked like he was having troubles putting his plant foot down and turning on the ball as he was late when all the balls that he was hitting. It's all arms, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't look good. He's obviously uncomfortable. Um, I think they need him, and they need him bad right now. Uh, I, I know that's crazy to say given what the production has been, given how people feel about him, but, man, they need him because we saw over the weekend and, and the day before what Lenin Sosa is maybe – not as ready as people thought he might have been for the major leagues, it doesn't look like. So, uh, both, and that's both on both sides of the ball. Um, Larry Garcia is a very good defensive shortstop uh, when, when he's out there and able to play. Um, but you're right, uh, the, the hitting right now, uh, he's, he's clearly hampered um, and, and perhaps somewhat, somewhat significantly. Um, so, I, I would imagine that uh, he's going to continue to play because they need him without Tim Anderson. Um, it'll be a talking point at some point, but uh, I think he's just one of those guys right now that they'll take X percent of Larry Garcia, uh, the, the known over what the, what the unknown is right now, which is, uh, you know, a very brief glimpse at Lenin Sosa, which, which didn't really uh, inspire much confidence. Well, he's just crazy at least in, at least in me, I shouldn't say that the White Sox feel that way, but yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, making two errors in his last game out. I mean, he hasn't had a hit off, you know, since the Jonathan Heasley game. Like he's definitely had his own struggles. I just feel bad for Leary because I just, I think he's going to injure himself more. Like I think just playing on this 
injury swinging with his knee and his, his front knee is the issue. I, well, I guess when he's only hitting left-handed, um, it just feels like, you know, he's just going to hurt himself real bad uh, doing this. And I just, I'm concerned for the player, even though I know I've given him so much crap for about the, uh, the production here in uh, 2022. Want to go to tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a big day. we got Poet Laureate uh, Dylan Cease versus the Ageless Wonder Justin Verlander. I know it's a big, you know, Cy Young matchup here, but how do you just view this in the White Sox season? Let's take out the pitching matchup here. Um, what does now taking the first game of this series mean for the Sox looking at the rest of the series? It means they want another game. I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, I don't want to slip into the cliches that the players always do, but Johnny Cueto's right. They need every game right now. Every game is is important. Every game is a playoff game because not only, uh, you know, uh, do they need to build some momentum if they, because I'm sure that, that many people in that room, if not all of them, think that they can still accomplish the big time goals that they set at the beginning of the year. And the only way for them to do that right now is just to get into the dance and hope that you're hot, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the, the strategy right now. But getting into the dance, you know, that's going to be a hard, hard work. Cleveland's playing excellent right now. Minnesota's mm-hmm. still right there, obviously. This is probably going to come down to the end unless someone really catches like an insane amount of fire here. Um, the White Sox need every win. And so I think today was a win that they needed and they got tomorrow you can rip the logo off the hat it doesn't matter that they're playing the astros tomorrow it kind of matters that they're playing justin verlander tomorrow because he's been fantastic and and that's going to make your job harder um you know we always kind of uh hype up these big pitching matchups you know i remember what a few years ago there was that sunday night game that i believe was giolito and bieber i think Mm -hmm. during i think that was during the, the the pandemic season um but of course you always it always comes with that caveat of well they're not you know facing each other right. you know they're they're not going out there throwing pitches at each other to see who has the best pitches they're facing each other's teammates obviously so um you know it it's going to be very fun to watch and, and i think that's going to be really good for fans and and for and for us who are watching the game uh but the white Sox need to do what they did tonight they need to win that's that's all it comes down to um and any way that they can do that uh is 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 going to be uh, a successful way uh, for them tomorrow. Uh, but we are going to see two of the best pitchers, if not the two best pitchers in the American League. And that uh, that is a treat. It'd be, it'd be nicer if there was more than 18,000 people out here to see that because that's something that doesn't come to town very often. I think tomorrow, yeah, we should have at least 25,000 in the stadium just for that matchup alone. And then some people just walking up so they can see it because it's going to be a beautiful night on the south side. Two great pitchers, and the White Sox have won four in a row. Go out there and support your Shy Sox, White Sox fans. And the top of that lineup, where we have A.J. Pollock doing the job as leadoff hitter, and then three straight 300 hitters in, Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, and Jose Abrego. So it's good to see that these guys are putting bat to ball and getting on base a little bit more, especially that eighth inning. And we like to crap on Yoan Moncada every once in a while because he's had a piss-poor season. But... That man came through in the clutch with bases loaded like the White Sox have been struggling all year long, but Yoan Makata got the job done. Did he by speak about how much of a relief it is for him to actually see some results right there? Yeah, I don't know if he's, you know, too uh, happy about acknowledging that things have not gone very well for him, but certainly he was happy to deliver in that moment. And uh, I think, you know, he's part of that Jose Abreu crowd that is just, you know, keep doing your work and it'll pay off kind of thing. Um it did in one instance tonight. So uh, I, I think what you liked to see there was um, maybe surprising 
uh, you know, I, I mean, Tony, Tony LaRusa talked about it in the post game. He goes, so you have a Bray who, who, you know, uh, does not give in uh, to the, the expected aggressiveness in that situation, takes those first two pitches outside the zone, and then they just walk him. Yasmani Grandal fights for that walk with that mm-hmm. long at bat, doesn't get aggressive and just and takes the walk. And then what happens? Yohan Mokata comes back with aggressiveness, with a first pitch swing. You know, Tony was like, eh, this game, who knows what can happen. And, and at the same time, it's, it's, it's playing that chess match or at least – or at least rolling the dice if you're Yoan, you know what I mean? Like, all right, he just threw a bunch outside the zone. He's probably going to throw something in the zone, and you get the hit. So, um, you know, uh, it, that chess match is always ongoing. Sometimes with Yoan, it seemed that he's uh, played some chess against his, himself at times this year. Uh, this Tonight, it, it, it worked for him, uh, and it couldn't have come in a bigger moment. No, I got no more questions for you because Yoan put the capper on at the White Sox win, and it's all eyes on tomorrow. Dylan Cease versus Justin Verlander. It should be a fun one. I know you got an article coming out tomorrow morning, right, for all CHGO subscribers? I'll be writing about Johnny Cueto tonight, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have that uh, ready to go for some folks. Damn, I, th- all right. I, th- I thought you had a different one going, too. So, I mean, you're just a writing machine. There you go. So, follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. We appreciate him joining us from Guaranteed Right Field. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Vinny. All right. Bye, guys. Peace. And uh, there you go. Um, we got some more to talk about. Um, wait, is um, what? What happened? Is Vinny still there? Vinny, are you still here? Yes, what's up? All right, I have one more question for you because we're going to go yes. to a social media video. Uh, and I just want to ask if Tony was asked about this. Um, we're not going to go to it right now, Stephen. Don't worry. Um, Adam Engel ended up being the pinch runner for Aloy on second base. It seemed like there was some miscommunication. Did Tony address that at all at the post game? He did not address it. Uh, I was confused by that as well. Um, usually, some or you know, usually you see that happen immediately after the hit, uh, and Aloy kind of stood out there for a couple of minutes, and you know, while while every I think there was a maybe a mound visit after that or something, and and then after that, Tony came out and uh, you had Yaz like right up next to Jose Abreu while he was batting, t- trying to tell the ump to, to, Hey, let, let Tony come out and put the runner in. So yeah, it was a little weird, but I, I don't think it was anything crazy. I mean, the, they got the move done. So. Right. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah. I, I didn't think of anything in the moment. It was weird, felt a little bit late. Um, but I know that, you know, fans are reacting to something on social media right now about it. So I just want to make sure, you know, we got what the white Sox side of it was, or if there was anything uh, from the white Sox, I just want to get both sides. Yeah, I mean the move the move got made, so I, I think there's you know, right. Well, and, and Aloy would have scored from second base anyways, even if the move wasn't made. Um, he, he would have been uh, well. He well, Angle ended up on third when the bases right. got loaded. So yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, obviously that's the the move to make, and and they made it. I mean, you know, yep. obviously, like I said, it was a little odd, but I don't think it was anything crazy. And White Sox win four to two. So that's that's the main capper. Uh, and, and I like the the job Tony did today. So all in all, uh, good stuff from uh, the White Sox and uh, good stuff from you, Vinny. Appreciate you joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. And again, you can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. This is goodbye for now for real. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Um, And Alex Rude texted me to make sure I made this point because now with this win, the White Sox are 500 at home. Yay. 29-29. Yay. I didn't really want to look too much into those numbers and and, and buy into the whole home and away thing just because it probably would have balanced itself out. Right now it's balanced. And Stroll writes if... The Sox win three out of four versus Strohs. Herb should have chipped the nine and nine no. hot dog thing. We already had Steven, our producer, do the nine, nine, nine challenge. He murdered nine hot dogs. He drank 
nine beers in nine innings. He probably did it before nine innings. It was seven innings. Oh, yeah. See, Stephen killed it way before then. So he's young, still got like good gut health, still healthy. If I do that, death will be on my door. <laughs> it's here That's for a lot heart. of sodium. It is a lot That's of why, sodium. Yeah, when you're old like that, you got, I got to worry about the sodium. A lot of beer. What you should spend your money on is the best Chicago sports collectible. Chicago sports fans, your home for the best Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in the sports merchandise and collectible world. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or loved one. It's Southside Mondays out at the White Sox game, and they have... Southside bobbleheads. If you want bobbleheads in the City Connect jerseys, they got all your favorite players over there. If you're looking for some new gear, collectibles, or accessories, FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. They have a very, 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 very deep selection uh, that is fun to look through. So head over to FOCO.com or click the link below in the YouTube description. FOCO has you covered with the best Chicago merchandise on your favorite team. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHG for 10% off at foco.com. All right. Now, Stephen, you have seen this video. Yeah, I have. And you had a reaction. What was it? Holy shit. Okay. So you're you're you watch this video and actually believe the caption that this happened because of this video. I'd like to think that that's not what happened, but man. He's yelling pretty loud over there. You got to think he probably heard him. All right. So let's go to the social video. This is to take you into the game if you weren't watching. Aloy Jimenez hit a double down the line, scored two runs, tied the game up for the White Sox. Aloy's standing on second base. And then Tony Larusa, oddly, while Jose Abreu was up, um, lately, very late in the at-bat, or late before a pitch was thrown, uh, goes out and makes the pinch runner suggestion. This one is from David um, at Wino Shy um, at I think it's W E I N O C H I, and uh, the caption is what again? My dad yells at Tony um, to get a pinch runner in. Um, it's uh, what is it's it? Ingle in the eighth. Yeah. No way! Yeah. My dad got Tony to pinch run Ingle in the eighth inning. So let's watch his dad get Tony to pinch run Ingle in the eighth inning. <laughs> and you see in the video <laughs> the guy is really close to Tony. He's probably like 15 feet away from Tony and he motions everyone to Tony wow. and says get Ingle in there. Yeah. All right, you can cut it, Steven. And Tony acquiesces. He goes out to the umpires, calls timeout and gets Ingle in there. So Tip of the cap to you, sir. You know, hey, it's a community effort. We managed together. <laughs> Give I, him some of that money that Tony will get for today's game. Everyone in the in the crowd is like, oh, yeah, that guy fucking did it. That guy did it. That guy did it. Like pointing at the guy who screamed at him. I don't know. Tony was already at the stop. The, the, I, I would like to see the full interaction there. What, it, was Tony were, even out on the dugout? Remember our regular, uh, how we reacted to that when we saw Tony lately going and having Ingle pinch run. And we were both like, yeah, that was the move. Why does it take so long? So, yeah, this guy 
probably did jog Tony's memory. Oh, yeah, you know, Eloy's not that fast, and I'm already going to use Engel as a uh, defensive replacement in the ninth inning. Might as well put a fast runner in there. I was actually wondered why Tony didn't put Engel or some other fast runner in front of Grandal the inning before. I think it was the seventh inning where a double right there scores the tying run, and Engel would have been the guy. I think it was Josh Harrison was up, and they made it academic. It was Yoan Moncada hit a ball like sky high, and then Josh Harrison got out the next pitch. So I was like, it's academic, but they should have had a pinch runner at that time. So, yeah. I think Tony might have missed that, and the White Sox staff might have missed that where they're telling Tony, hey, if Aloy gets a double, we need to pitch, pinch run from him. Or if Aloy gets on base, we need to pinch run with him. We got Ingle, and he'll be going in the ninth inning no matter what. Yeah, I mean, people are saying I was there. He actually did, and yeah, you know, I think it affected him. Um, in the moment, especially with the White Sox goggles, I don't know. I would hope that a major league would hope so too. coaching staff yep. has got that shit together. Maybe Engel couldn't be found, and that's why Tony was stalling. Like, that could have been the idea, and Engel's there could have been shitter. other things. Yeah, right. He could have been having a Lamar, Lamar Jackson moment uh, out there. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to say that guy did it. That video that video is pretty decent. That video is pretty fun to watch. Yeah, it was. And the guy at the end was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's great. And he's, he's I mean, he's only like 10 rows away from Tony's. So, yeah, I mean, so this guy close enough to the dugout. And this guy has to have season tickets or know somebody that has season tickets because he's really close to the action. He's right there behind home plate kind of by the dugout. So he probably knows Tony, probably speaks to him every once because he seemed very familiar. He wasn't saying... T- something like you're an idiot Tony get England he was saying it kind of like familiar like hey Tony get England run Ingle run Ingle and he kind of listened to him That's yeah good. I mean it wasn't like an idiotic and, and fan for, screaming and, his head off it seemed like a guy trying to communicate with another person yeah and but Tony, I don't know if Tony heard, can kudos Tony hear to, that far hey to kudos, a loud stadium kudos to Tony for getting Ingle out there and not having too much pride to Take suggestions from a fan. Yeah, hey, uh, that's the uh, that's the tenth man out there. That's Tony and the, the Tony in the crowd out there. I, I I I would be shocked if that's that's why the the move was made. But Tony wasn't asked after the game. We don't know why the move was made. Maybe uh, he got a uh, some assistance from the crowd there. Uh, tomorrow should be fun. Dylan Cease versus Justin Verlander. We're gonna have a thirty minute pregame for you guys starting at six thirty p.m. to preview this entire matchup. After this game, I don't know what to expect. I was not expecting a White Sox winner. We got a White Sox winner. They're on a four-game win streak. I'm extremely excited. All of you White Sox fans are extremely excited. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, and if Dalen Cease wins tomorrow and looks like the size Cease that we enjoy most of this year, the 14 starts in a row of one or less uh, earned runs, how about you guys go out and get a – Dylan C. Size C shirt from all CHGO. Hey, there you go. Guys, anybody? You anybody over. want the one? You, will you promise to get one if Size C goes out there and shows versus the Astros? Right. If gives he, up one run or less tomorrow. If he gives up one run or less tomorrow <laughs> versus the Astros, damn it, go and get a Size C uh, shirt from the all CHGO locker room. Damn it. Right. And you don't have to I already sign got up. mine. You don't have to sign up with the PointsBet app or anything like that. You don't have to. You can. Make a $50 or more first time deposit on the PointsBet app using code CHGO. You'll get a free shirt uh, from the CHGO locker. You can use that free shirt to get a size C shirt, but you can also just go to the CHGO locker and buy a shirt as well. So um, 
Herb's right. If Cy Cease goes out and pushes and shoves and he wins against the Astros and keeps that streak going, and he's at 15 games of one earned run or less, um, you should be out there buying a shirt and supporting this man because this would be the first White Sox Cy Young since 1993. I wasn't born. Wow. Come on. And I see Brian Jones in there saying, you know, I've been a White Sox fan for 45 years of my whole life. I've been alive for 24. I've been a White Sox fan for 17 or something like that. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't care. I hate, I don't hate the people. I just don't like the people who said I've been a White Sox fan since birth. No, you haven't. Being a fan takes more than just being at the games. My dad took my game when I was a three-month-old. Why? Why? <laughs> to endanger you? It's dangerous. <laughs> Balls are flying everywhere. You don't. You weren't watching. You were asleep half the game. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. But, yes, I've been a White Sox fan since 1990. I was like a 12-year-old kid. There you go. An 11-year-old kid. Enjoying White Sox baseball then. I, ju- I just love you saying it's dangerous. It is. <laughs> baseball game. It's dangerous. Until they put up these goddamn uh, netting all the way down the thing. <laughs> I don't know why people took kids to the game. Seriously. And, and no in Chicago. And nowadays with phones? Fuck off. Well, hey, in the 70s, they didn't have that. But no in Chicagoans, especially with uh, some, some relaxed DUI uh, laws. You know, there's probably, you know, head over to the game, bring the three-month-year-old, do the nine-to-nine challenge and drive home. Friends. I don't know if you know, like, car. yeah, the 70s didn't have, like, seatbelts as much. No. And, like, I had this bucket car. It was a Buick LeSabre. Bench seats in the front. Man, we used to ride, like, eight deep. It was great. <laughs> I've always liked the bench, you know. I don't know why we don't do that anymore. Right. And, like, I, I've always liked the boat cars. You know, the co- the cars that just feel very big, very roomy. Like, you could fit. Yeah, you got to twist in. the wheel, like, three or four times right. to turn left. Yeah. Well, yeah, Gene had one of those cars. It was really nice. Uh, and what did what did Schwo say? Because apparently Schwo had a good enough deal. Oh, if the Sox win three or four. Yeah. Herb should re-record or karaoke Yoan's smash hit song, which... I mean, I don't speak Spanish. I like Spanish, that better than the 9 and 9. Yeah, I will do it. You watched the Aussie broadcast for half an inning. I did. You should have picked up on, on I know, some Spanish. un poquito Spanish. Oh, very little. Yeah. There you go. Si. Yeah. Was that? Oh. <laughs> uh, I know right. Sabor Redondo. I know... Which um, was from the Tang commercial back in the... 90s. I used to watch a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking uh, stations back in the 90s as a teenager. Un necesito... Por favor. Un necesito un sacapuntas. I need... I don't know what that I is. I need a pencil sharpener. Okay. That's, that's what I tried to say. That's the only thing that I know and remember from my three years of Spanish in high school. I used to watch Sabado Gigante every week. Oh, hola. Don Francisco. Tune into. Univision. You know what Sabado Gigante means? Saturday morning. I think it means Big Saturday or Giant Saturday. Nice. Very it was nice. a great, like, big, huge variety show with this guy named Don Francisco. I used awesome. To, I used to watch uh, in the early mornings, I think, on the Spanish channel, they used to have uh, reruns of wrestling. So I would watch, uh, like, WWE, but in Espanol. I missed last n- Monday night's Raw, and now it's uh, replaying on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. on Univision. With uh, dubbed over Spanish. Right. All right. Let's wrap this damn thing up because now people are talking about my brother I Spanish education. White Sox win 4-2. They improve to four games over 500. They get their 60th win of the year, and they are now two games back of the AL Central lead. The Guardians uh, lead the AL Central. They are tied with the Twins in second place. Monica helping us out. 
Saludos a las fanaticos de las medias blancas. Uh, hello Sox. to the fans of the White Sox. Hey, Boom! hola. Spanish. Hola, Monica, <laughs> por favor. Dos uh, mujeres, un camino. I love dos mujeres, un camino. <laughs> dos mujeres, un camino. Means two women, one way, I think. Two women, one way. What are you? I dos mujeres, un camino. What are you? All right. That's the show. Oh, I didn't and know that. And Mari Ma. Is, is that two broke girls, but in Spanish? No, come on now. All right. It's a much better show. Right. Marty Mar was a great show, too. That's I watched a lot of Spanish shows and never picked up any of <laughs> the language, except for the, the jingles. So there's all those stories, too, of like, you know, people coming to America and watching Seinfeld and learning the, uh, learning the language. You didn't do any of that. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, Media Blanca's Ganas. I, I, that could be Win. a swear. Oh, that could be. It's a swear. Okay, that means wins. Uh, Ganon. Uh, all right. That's Herb Lawrence, the Spanish-speaking Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, Los White Sox. Nope. Juegar. Medias Blancas. Baseball de America. Wow. I don't know what I just said. Uh, you can follow the CHGO Whoever White created Sox Spanish account. is rolling in its grave right now. Uh, at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to Steven Nicholas, who predicted basically this outcome. He said four to three. It was four to two. He said wrong. a walk-off. They won in the eighth inning. I said you're close enough, Steven. So congrats on that, and thanks for producing the show. Thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. We were like 200 live deep the entire show. We appreciate everybody, everybody for their super chats, everybody hanging out with us. We really teach Did we get Spanish. to all the super chats? Yeah, we did, right? Yeah, we got okay. all the super chats. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin asked, you know, will Quato be on next year's team? I don't think so. I don't think they re-sign him. I think he's going to be too expensive after this year. I don't know if he's going to be this year's version of Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon was a very, yeah. very specific uh, version. In the playoff lineup, I don't know. Same lineup we have now, put in Tim. Put in Tim, and uh, Tim's the leadoff hitter. Yeah. I'd knock it off. <sighs> We're not having A.J. Pollock be the leadoff hitter. All right, we'll talk about this tomorrow. Okay, all right. If, if it's an actual conversation, here's what I'll say. <laughs> there are two hitters in the White Sox um, in, in the White Sox lineup that has that are top 10 against left-handed hitters in all of Major League Baseball? Uh, A.J. Pollock. No. Uh, Andrew Vaughn. No. Uh, Tim Anderson. Yes. And Jose Abreu. Luis Robert. Damn it. So those two guys well, are out well, right well, now. Well, if Luis Robert's back against Framber Valdez, I think they have a decent shot. But Tim Anderson makes this team go. He makes them dangerous. He makes them elite. When he's on, he's on. He wasn't on for the last 30 games. He deserves the shot to try to be on in the last half of the games for the White Sox or how many ever games he ends up playing. He deserves a shot. He's an all-star. He's the face of the franchise. A.J. Pollock should not take his spot as the leadoff hitter, period, in my mind. Tim Anderson got you here. A.J. Pollock didn't. And A.J. Pollock, in five weeks, might not be hitting. So I don't think we should be hitching our wagon to uh, A.J. Pollock at this point. Anyways, thank you for watching. Thank you, Fleetwood Mac, for your 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow for uh, Cease Verlander at 6.30 p.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel, and we'll have a post game for you as well. Appreciate everyone in the live chat. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.